If you count the legal votes, I easily win. If you count the illegal votes, they can try to steal the election from us. If you count the votes that came in late, we're looking at them very strongly. I've been talking about mail-in voting for a long time. It's, uh, it's really destroyed our system. It's a corrupt system. And it makes people corrupt, even if they aren't by nature. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Muckrake Podcast. I'm Jared Yates Sexton. I am joined with an under-the-weather Nick Houselman. But listen, don't let anybody say that he is not dedicated to this podcast, the Muckrake community, or the very fate of the United States of America. Nick Houselman, how are you feeling, buddy? Hey, listen, I have the burden and the weight of the election on my shoulders right now, and it's made me a little sick, but uh, I'm here. I'm happy to talk to you. It'll make me feel better for a little while. So uh, we this is going to be coming out on Friday. We're taping it uh, Thursday night, starting around 9 p.m. Eastern. And for all we know, by the time this podcast is over, literally everything in the world could have changed. Things are moving so quickly right now. Um it is it's it's really hard to stay on top of this thing, but to give everyone the state of the race, I'm sure you're well aware of this. As we're taping this, Joe Biden is currently chasing Donald Trump down like a dog. <laughs> Just every lead that Donald Trump has had. And by the way, every lead that he had because he had an advantage in in-person voting. And the Democrats listened to health experts and took their own health into their own hands and mailed in their ballots and did absentee ballots. And they're all coming in for the Democratic Party. Or as you know, the Republican Party now calls it stolen votes. But that's another thing altogether that we need to talk about. It looks like Don- it looks like Donald Trump will be defeated. We have to talk about his speech tonight in which he basically declared a coup. He even admitted that he expects Joe Biden to overtake him in his vote count. We're looking at a matter of when, not if, Joe Biden is going to be the president-elect of the United States of America, more than likely. And the problem now is how will Donald Trump react? How will America react? Will we be safe? Will we have violence? Nick, what, what, what's your gut? What's your sick gut telling you at this current moment? <laughs> well, oh, excuse me. God. I, I oh, feel, this is a terrible start. I'm not going to give you COVID through the mic, but uh, I listen, I've been tested for COVID three times in the last two weeks. It's all negative. So <laughs> this cough is weird. Uh, here's oh, the thing. This is an inauspicious beginning. Yeah, right. You're braving this. You're going to do it. But this is inauspicious. Yeah, I'll have the weekend to recover. Now, uh, but listen, anybody who's on the live show with us on Tuesday knows that I was, <laughs> I was having some problems with all these numbers and the huge gaps that Biden was going to have to make up. Uh, but here's the thing, uh, and, and again, you got to give some, you know, what's the word, uh, evil kudos to the Re- Republican Party because not only did they, you know, destroy the post office ability to deliver mail on time because that was part of the deal, right? Trump is so angry about all of these ballots that are marked and postmarked by the third but are coming in now when they created that situation. That was done on purpose. And the worry I think I have now is that the more this is delayed, I mean, listen, they're taking their sweet time in Nevada oh. and in Arizona and in Pennsylvania. I mean, it shouldn't take this long. I it, get it. It yeah. feels like in Nevada, every single vote that gets counted, everybody counting the votes has a conversation about what is a vote? 
What does it mean to vote? What is democracy? And what is the tradition of democracy? And after five hours of talking about it, they're like, mark that down for Biden. Yeah. Moving along. Or better yet, they have a row of like 30 people shoulder to shoulder, and they just hand it one after the other. Okay, that was okay. And then the next person. And then finally, at the end of that, they're like, okay. We'll it's a it disaster. Yeah. An absolute disaster. So that's what I'm worrying about is that is, is the delay going to be the surprise, you know, that, that Trump is going to somehow, with a couple extra days, figure something out? That makes me worried. But at this point, it doesn't. it's impossible. He's going to win Pennsylvania. Where these votes are coming from, clearly he's winning 80, 85, 90% of them. Uh, and he only needs a few thousand and they'll overtake him there. Uh, it looks like he's going to hold on in Arizona. Uh, Nevada looks really good. So at that point, he's going to have one of those kind of good nights, close to 300 electoral college votes, it, maybe. Um, and so I feel really good for the first time I had a sigh of relief, probably just before, maybe just after his speech, where I kind of really felt that way. But certainly listening to his speech, which we'll get to, I guess, in a minute, uh, some of the kind of crept back, some of the angst started to creep back uh, into my psyche. I, I mean, I think um, <laughs> I think that's a really good way to put it. That angst that's constantly on the on the periphery of the psyche. I mean, I, that's absolutely right. I I'm so exhausted. I don't know how you're feeling outside of being sick, but I'm so mentally and physically exhausted at this point. And, and, and by the way, I, I tweeted this out earlier today. I live in Georgia. I grew up in Indiana. I lived for a short amount of time in Illinois. My entire life, I thought I wanted to live in a swing state that would determine a presidential election. <laughs> it's for the birds, man. I, I and I think I think George is going to turn blue. And I and, and I'm, I'll go ahead and eat, eat crow. I, I did not predict that in our election preview. I, I did not think that that was going to happen. Something kept me from it. But it definitely appears like that's what's going to happen at this point. There is a and, and, and I feel like at this point, our podcast is going to be divided up between the celebration of the win and the lamenting of doom and danger because it's looming. It absolutely like you said, it's right there on the periphery of this whole thing. Um, Joe Biden is if, if, if all the votes are counted. Joe Biden's going to be the next president of the United States of America. Like this long national nightmare will be over. And and by the way, not a moment too soon. Uh, I, I don't know if you looked at it, but I, I, I want I'm like over a thousand people died today. I want to say sixteen hundred people died today of covid. Uh, the, the, the cases are just spiking like crazy. And meanwhile, the right is just embroiled in the most wild eyed, murderous, poisonous, rhetoric at this point and and behavior which we have to get to but i have to say this election was won by joe biden like i it, it the, the writing is on the wall at this point that that is how this is going to turn out if it's allowed to go that way and that's a reason for celebration that that is, that in the very least is a reason for celebration and the good news is they're throwing out a lot of these cases that they're trying to bring to the courts because there is simply no merit these lawyers i'm sure are more than happy to bill the clients, the Republican National Committee or whoever they're billing, and get their money. But I think they know that it's it's like embarrassing, this brief that they're writing to try and get this into court uh, with no evidence of any shenanigans, especially because they, because they stirred up the rhetoric so much, they have a bipartisan, we can't call them a commission, we call them whatever they are, a group of volunteers who are scrutinizing every little you know ballot that they're looking at. That They had to do that, and as they should, 
So there isn't any notion of like can't get the people in there to, to observe and they're papering up the glass from the lobby. I mean, that, that they actually, that is true. They did that because they were banging on the glass. They were filming them like to menace them later in the parking lots. Mobs. Yeah. Mobs. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, it, it really is. The real question here is, and I kind of want to liken it to the, to the NBA if I may in a minute uh, or for a second, because Trump is destroyed the sanctity of voting. And believe it or not, however cynical you might have been in this country, I still believe up until 2016, I felt like citizens, even if they didn't exercise the right to vote, we still as a collective recognize the power of that action of going into the ballot and, and pressing your, you know, the buttons and, and then coming out of there. I mean, I think that that was still a sacred thing. So the Philadelphia 76ers, to bring it around to Philadelphia, which is obviously a focus, they lost on purpose for four or five years straight. And they got a lot of high draft picks. They got a lot of a good team, and they started winning again. And what happens is, is we all forgot about that those four or five years. And everyone was complaining. You know what? It's going to ruin the culture. It's going to be a problem. Yeah, we've forgotten about that. It doesn't even happen anymore. So I'm going to take solace in the fact that maybe within you know four years of Trump being gone, we are going to forget the destruction that he did of that sanctity of voting and get back to treating it like it deserves. The only problem with that is, and, and let's go down that that route of the 76ers, is people saw that it worked. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, there, there's always people who see this stuff works. So right now we're actually watching, and let's go ahead and start talking about Trump, because let, let's be frank, the president of the United States of America tonight, uh, and this is one of the reasons why we're taping later than we usually do, is because he came out and told the country that he didn't believe that he had been defeated in the election and that in his gut he believed that he had won and he wasn't going to, you know, believe any ballots or votes that said otherwise. Which, by the way, um, that's fascism, right? Where, where your belief in reality is more important than everyone else's and you're willing to hurt people in order to make it real. So Trump doing that is there's a weird thing that's taking place right now because we are actually watching a coup. We're watching an attempt at a coup. That doesn't mean it's going to work. It does not mean it's going to work. And and my God, I hope it doesn't work, but it's being attempted. Republicans right now, I don't know if you've noticed this, Republicans are a little wary to get into it. <laughs> they, you know, they're not full-throated embracing this thing. And it's so obvious that the Republican Party and the Republican sort of elites do not want to get involved in this thing. Because if you turn on Fox News right now or you turn on right wing news right now, you are seeing Trumpists scream for like Ted Cruz's head on a pike. Right. By the way, not to mention Steve Bannon today went buck wild and <laughs> called for Dr. Fauci and Christopher Ray to be beheaded. Wow. Beheaded. Like the Dark Ages, which, by the way, is what all of these guys want. They want to get back into the Dark Ages where there aren't elections and there's no such thing as democracy. And so what's happening with the Republican Party is they're watching and they're waiting. They don't want to go out against this, which anybody with a spine, anybody with an ounce of courage or basic human decency would come out and say this thing is awful. They're waiting to see which way this will go. And if Trump gains momentum, and by the way, when I walked out of the front room a couple of minutes ago, outside of Arizona, there is an armed mob outside of a Phoenix, Arizona uh, polling place where votes are being counted right now. Here in a couple of minutes, Arizona might very likely be called for Joe Biden. 
what's going to happen with that mob and what happens around the country when all of these states and all of these hotspots go for Joe Biden. That's anybody's guess. And what the Republican Party does, whether or not they embrace it, they jump into it, they swim in the stream or they oppose it could make a giant difference on what the future of America looks like. Right. There, there is one other opportunity, one other uh, option for them is, is to do nothing. Right. Yep. They can embrace it. They can try and calm everybody down or they can just simply do what they've been doing, which is just shutting up and not doing anything. And that's that might even be the worst thing they could do. Um, but, it, you know, let me ask you this, Jared. Um, we've talked about this before, about the notion of him leaving or not leaving or refusing to leave. Uh, how many minutes into the speech today did it take before that thought downed on you that he is not going to leave the White House? Three, three words. A words? It, it oh, I got to five minutes. <laughs> no, it was three words. It was immediate. And, and it matter of fact, I'll even say it was just the way that he like got to the podium and looked. I Because that's the thing. Like, you know, I've been telling people for years now that this is who this guy is. It's not. It's not hidden. Do you know what I mean? It's not hidden. And, and, and it's it. There's no way that Donald Trump can survive in a world in which he is rejected by an entire country. It doesn't work within his worldview. It is not who he believes that he is. So as a result, this is not going to be a person that says for the good of the country and the good of you know our government, good luck, Joe Biden, I wish him well. That's not what's going to happen here. It depends on how much he is enabled. It depends on how much people empower him to fight to the bitter end, because he's not going away. He's not going to say, congratulations, Joe Biden, that's not happening. That's right. not who he is. And, is the, and it was immediately aware of it. This is yeah. the Watergate moment for the Republican yep. Party. This is yep. when they supposed to, they're supposed to walk over to the White House and say, listen, Mr. President, it's over. It's done. You need to leave. And I, I mean, who is going to do that? No one's going to do that. I mean, Romney is not going to do that. And uh, anybody in the House? I mean, Jesus. So I, my, here's my prediction. It's either, okay, there's a couple things that could happen, right? He could actually resign, have Pence take over and pardon him. Um, at least of, yep. of whatever they can pardon him for, like federally. Um, he could maybe just go to Mar-a-Lago and just sort of ignore that it all happened and just be yep. like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in Mar-a-Lago. I'm not, I'm not anywhere. Well, what, you know, he's in the White House. Okay. You know what I mean? I literally, no concession, no welcoming. And then, you know, like we always see that happening and they show them around and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, no, not that it's needed because they were No there inauguration. Uh, yeah, so I could see that happen. Oh yeah, Trump is not going to the inauguration if no. Biden wins. No way. No. Right. No. No. That'd be humiliating. No. That 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 right. that's not happening. Go so chance. yeah. So it's the object. I mentioned it before in the live show. He he doesn't have object permanence. When the babies yep. and you play the peekaboo game and they don't realize when they cover your eyes, like they think that you're gone. When he sees a lead, a big lead, at some point, at any point in the day on Tuesday, that means he won. That's it. And anything else after that is simply uh, stealing votes. It's really um, – it's kind of fascinating and almost like I want to see this play out. I really want to find out just how far this can go because I, I suppose somewhere in the recesses of my brain, I still have confidence that this they will get him out and Biden will get in and it will, will move on. I, I don't know that I share your confidence because one of the things that his speech tonight did – well, it's not really a speech. It was more – a deranged president wandered out in front of the cameras and spouted off conspiracy theories and then, you know, wandered, wandered off. He continually, he walked a very thin line on what he talked about. On one hand, it was about 
fraudulency. And, you know, he talked about, he actually, man, the narratives this guy has woven in, in, in what I have now started calling a wet nerf football of a brain. He, he was like, well, the polls were so off because the media created the polls to suppress fundraising and suppress voter turnout. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. But here's the weird thing. When a poll would be bad for him, that's the motivating factor for his followers to go out and vote. It actually works in his favor. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it's incredible. And by the way, when he does this stuff and I've been paying way too much attention to this guy for the last five years, like what, what happens there is like you sort of, as he says that you can just imagine him in a room where one of his sycophantic, cronies comes in and says oh yeah those are suppression polls yeah they do that to just you know run down that and it just sort of sticks like a like hair on a on a chewed up piece of gum you know and then he goes out in front of the nation like says it and he doesn't know what he's talking about and then he talks about like every vote that like why why is joe biden suddenly leading with all these mail-in ballots because they're obviously fraudulent no democrats mailed in their ballots they took advantage of it. When they said we have, I don't know, tens of thousands of ballots, put it on the board. Those are Joe Biden votes. And by the way, you dumbass, you spent months, months getting your voters not to worry about sending in mail-in ballots. You told them not to do it. And by the way, I have to tell you that the Republican base is older and as a result, some of them didn't go to the polls, you dumbass. You actually, you played yourself, is what you did. And you continually played this game where you were like, oh, go to the polls and everything else is fraudulent. And now you're sitting there with, with your hands over your eyes, like you said, in object permanence, everything goes away when you play peekaboo. And he's like, oh, no, these votes are real. And it's like, no, you set up this situation. And the fact that you can't grasp it means that you do not have the mental acuity to understand anything or be president of the United States. It's an indictment of him as a human being that he doesn't get this. <laughs> right. Also, the issue is he read, I think maybe of his speech today, maybe 90% was actually written because it was the yeah. Samanulant, you know, he can't read very well. And he would throw his asides in there. But for the most part, it was written. So somebody else wrote down a lot of this bullshit that he was saying. Which also is in contrast to what he spoke about on Tuesday night. When I, I wanted to make this point, I forgot to do it last time. Which was, so do you, I don't know if anyone's seen The Wolf of Wall Street, but he's he's going to take a deal because they've committed so much fraud, and he's going to give up his company to take a certain amount of prison time and whatever. So he goes to address the company at the front of the room uh, and tell them what's going to do. But in the middle of his speech. He decides and says, "Fuck it! I don't. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to stay, and we're going to, you know, make all this money and screw the feds and the whole thing." And it kind of felt like that was what Trump did on Tuesday night too, where he was like, he wasn't going to declare victory. They probably told him, "You can't do that." And then in the middle, in his brain, he's like, "You know what? Screw this! I'm going to declare victory. And I'm going to call this." And then that that leads us down the path right to today's speech, where. I mean, I, I, the fact-checking in the speech alone would oh. raise his, his lying quotient up significantly in the percentage. But, um, but I, not only the lying, I think it's just what you described. Uh, it's the way he sees reality that it's really oh. so frightening. And that's why he needs to go. And that's why we can't have him in a situation where he's going to have to make a decision that will you know, in, in impact the country in, you know, internationally or anything like that, especially between now and January 17th. People ask me all the time, 
Does Donald Trump know that he's lying? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes he knows that he's lying. I, I want people to understand this. Donald Trump's existence is spent wandering between lying, knowing you're lying, and suddenly believing the lie that's coming out of your mouth as it's coming out of your mouth. No existence exists in which Donald Trump will accept that he lost an election. And by the way, he's out there calling these fraudulent votes. He believes they're fraudulent votes. He believes a giant conspiracy has been waged against him. Meanwhile, this guy who spends every moment of his life watching right-wing media, he's watching it. Lou Dobbs is calling for the Department of Justice to take over the elections. You've got other people who are talking about federal troops going in and cutting off vote counts. You're, I mean, and, and by the way, like, he, he inspired, no doubt, hundreds if not thousands of followers today to go out and try and intimidate election volunteers, who every one of them will tell you they've suddenly had to hire guards. They've had to have state troopers protect them. And, and, and I would be remiss if I didn't say this. I think Joe Biden's going to win this election. I think we're going to have a lot to celebrate. But do not for a moment forget what has happened over the past couple of days. We've been telling everybody that these people are willing to use violence, intimidation. They're willing to try and force people into their worldview. That's what's happening right now. And the line that Donald Trump was walking tonight, this is important to remember. He's going to try a lot of litigation. They've tried every lawsuit that they can possibly find. They just keep trying to find one legal way or another. And I brought this up the other day. I want to say it was on Wednesday. Um, the law is where realities clash. It's where, oh, you say this, you say this, the law will figure out the distance between the two. They're going to try and get this to the Supreme Court. They tell everyone who will listen that they're just trying like hell to get this to the Supreme Court and get the Supreme Court to hand over. But there's another thing that he was doing tonight. He was always a couple of seconds away from declaring the election invalid and just right. saying, it's just done. Like, you can, how can you even trust this at this point? And he said multiple times, he's like, the damage is already done. What do you do at this point? The damage is already done. Like, we couldn't look at ballots at this point. They did this at this point. There are a lot of cards left to play in this thing. The question is whether or not he'll be allowed to play them. That's the question. Because he's not afraid to play them. Mm -hmm. The question is whether he'll be allowed to play them. That's the bigger, giant, more uh, significant question here. Right. He, in the speech, he even said he, he's claimed certain states. We can both yep. claim certain states. Judges will have to weigh in. So he yep. literally would like, I'm going to claim that I want Arizona. Like, like he'll just say that. Uh, the, but the, the, I don't think it's going to get that far in the courts, which is, you know, at least I'll take some solace. Even these Republican appointed uh, judges seem to have a sense that this is ridiculous and frivolous. And the attorneys themselves need to be worried that they can get dinged for, for wasting the court's time on that one. But I, I want to talk about the, the lies because you mentioned how he, you know, whether he believes lies or he doesn't believe lies. I'm willing to, to, to go on the record and say that the, the lies that he doesn't believe or he knows he's lying – I think very quickly he does end up believing them. Like it yes. comes out of his mouth and they kind of filters back yep. into his ears and then it's then it becomes yep. real. It's so done. I think at the time he says it, he's, he knows he's lying, but then very quickly it just solidifies that it's true. Um, and it's also his what he does, the, the rule of three, right? He'll he'll repeat something yep. three times. Well, it, it kind of bends back on him. And he can't stop his own uh, magic effect on, on his own psyche. So I believe that while he might, yeah, he, he might not believe the liars is coming out of his mouth, but then it very quickly becomes fact to him. 
I, you know, I was thinking today because I, I'm always, I'm always sort of uh, simulating out and trying to figure out how Trump will react to things. There's a couple of uh, a couple of possible scenarios. One, this coup is successful, and by the way, that scenario is just so nightmarish that it's almost too terrible to imagine. I think we're going to win this election. I think we're going to beat back this thing. Because if he tries to steal this election, I mean, he's already trying to steal this election, but if he gets farther along in trying to steal this election, you're going to have millions of Americans in the streets. I truly, honestly believe that. And by the way, at that point, it's a matter of what happens in the streets. That's just straight up the honest to God truth. And let's hope, knock on wood, that he doesn't get there. Another thing, I've said this before, it's the sour grape scenario where Trump's just like, I didn't want to be you losers president anymore anyway. Right. He resigns December 1st. Mike Pence pardons him and then we go forward. Right. The third and this actually is a good thing for Trump. Trump can say they stole the election. I got ripped off. I never lost. And he becomes an ex-president who everywhere he goes, everyone's like, isn't that terrible how you were screwed over? You totally lost the, you, you totally won that election and they stole it from you. And, you know, he plays some golf and he's like, isn't it terrible what they treated me? You know, how they treated me. And he turns into basically the drunk at the end of the bar who tells everyone their sob story. You know, that, that, that's more or less sort of a scenario that Donald Trump can live with. The question, again, is whether or not the neo-fascists around him, the ones who want, I mean, Steve Bannon, who wants to put heads on pikes, the question is whether those people will motivate him and enable and empower him to carry out his worst instincts, or whether or not our society can dodge a bullet and we can have him go out and be a pathetic ex-president who just sits around feeling sorry for himself. Those are sort of the scenarios, and, and none of them are great, but we can dodge a bullet here, and I think it's going to turn out okay because, again, quite frankly, the worst-case scenario is just too terrible to really fathom. Sure. Here's what's going to happen. You ready? This is not even a prediction. It's going to happen. He's going to have a rally once it's decided. Let's just pretend that Biden is declared the victor and it's in between now and the inauguration. He's going to have more than one rally. And I predict he'll have rallies going forward. Even after he's lost, he will have rallies and he will run again. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he wants he's to run. He's telling people he might run in 2024. Now here, by the way, if that is the case, this is finally the motivation that a Biden Department of Justice would need to have to prosecute the fucker. Because remember, if he, if, well, here's the thing. Unless he gets pardoned, if he's a felon, uh, then he can't run for president. So I'm telling you, if we're looking for ways like why they were going to have to prosecute this guy and not just move on like we saw Ford do with Nixon, then this is it. Because they're going to know he can't run again. And I don't care if they want to take flack for like making it seem like a political witch hunt on a rival. This is, this, they need to prosecute him so he can't run again. I, I Listen, that's a scenario moving forward that I can get behind. I just... I don't know, man. I, I'm just very terrified about the next couple of days, the next couple of weeks. It's such a volatile moment. It really, really is. Because I keep saying this, there's a cult around Trump and their reality is shrinking right now. They can't trust Fox News. I mean, Fox News was the first network to give Arizona over to over to Biden. There's a possibility <laughs> yeah. that Fox News might be the first network to announce that Joe Biden is the president of the United States, which is a... Uh, delicious that's a that's Chef's a spicy case. meatball yeah i i i have to tell you that they're getting more and more desperate 
And there are some of them that believe, again, that they are soldiers in an invisible war. They are he- they are heeding what Donald Trump has said. And on top of that, I was talking about this on uh, I was having coffee and talking with people on a live stream this morning. There are people who who are billionaires who created the Tea Party, who created the reopen movement. They're just they're they're going to throw money at all of these people. Like there are people in Arizona right now that are there because they were in a Facebook group that like one the surviving Koch brother gives money to. You know what I mean? Like there's all kinds of these these machinations that are in place and so many different chess pieces. And there are people who would be fine losing Donald Trump, and there are others that don't want to lose Donald Trump and they find him to be a a very useful weapon and cudgel. How this thing plays out, how our media treats it, how we treat it, whether or not we're ready to get in the streets if this coup continues and more legal and illegal means are used, whether or not violence becomes the norm, there are so many different questions to be answered right now. It's an incredibly volatile, volatile, dangerous time. Uh, Yeah, I mean, listen, there there is a version of the Matrix where you know, they declare that Biden wins and maybe things are kind of mellow for a little while. Uh, I, I like to think that that could happen as well. That could be a, that could be a scenario where we don't have the violence in the streets. But uh, it's certainly not going to come from any leadership on the Republican side. No one's going to tamp down this rhetoric and say, listen, he wins. He deserves it, whatever. And certainly not Trump. Because, I mean, here's the question. If Trump did do a concession speech, would that even matter? Would his minions, uh, you know, the cosplay people in Michigan, you know, put down their guns and not go charging in the streets? I that's a great question. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I. By the way, uh, real fast, and 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 who knows where the numbers are going to be or where the updates are going to be. Uh, Joe Biden has cut the lead in Georgia down to one thousand nine hundred votes. Wow, Georgia. Right, and by the way, Texas Georgia. is going to go blue, you know, by the next cycle, right? So we're, we're seeing a crazy shift here. A uh, crazy realignment. Just a crazy, crazy realignment. By the way, if Texas I, went blue. Um, that would probably end the Republican Party's uh, ability to win, right? That's 38 electoral college votes they'd get every year for a Democrat. I, I would have a hard time believing that a, a serious Republican candidate could mount a challenge going forward. I, I have to tell you, after what we've seen under Donald Trump and what we're seeing right now at this very moment, the idea that the Republican Party is going to worry about election viability is not huge. They're not interested in winning elections. They're they're interested in fixing elections and or intimidating or disenfranchising. Um, there's a real possibility. I, and again, I I, I want to be serious. Like there there's nothing to laugh about with this. They're talking about killing people right now. They're talking about executing people. They're talking about busting in and making you know sure that votes aren't being counted. This is fascism, and we are in the middle of a fascistic coup. I think we're going to beat it. I think we're going to get past it. But let us not forget what has happened here. Let us not forget what this moment is about. We can celebrate. I've got some champagne in the fridge. All right. Like it's nothing fancy. I I, 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 I don't buy fancy champagne. I I, I like the cheap stuff. I'll, (laughs) I'll be honest with you. I'm a simple man. I like simple pleasures. We can drink our champagne. We can we can enjoy this. We can celebrate this because, my God, this is going to be a hard-earned victory. But let's not forget what this has been, what the last four years have been, what the last four days have been. This has been incredibly dangerous. 
and we have to be very careful about it. So we're going to post this on Friday, I guess. And at which point, God knows, the snow globe is going to be totally shaken up or something along those lines. Um, Man, I would love to get through this weekend without an emergency podcast. But, you know, maybe Biden wins and maybe you and I get on here and we're jubilant and we watch Donald Trump slunk off into the ether. I, I, don't, I don't know, Nick. That would be awesome. Uh, I would love it. But again, he's going to, in the cover of night, just go to Mar-a-Lago and pretend it never happened. Well, <laughs> that's the saddest thought I've ever had. I, I just need to get away. I need to go to Mar-a-Lago. What? A, you know, and by the way, how nice cool. would that be? Just get him out of there for the next couple months and just, you know, not have him be around. Well, Trump TV would probably launch on like, you know, January 21st. Well, no, wouldn't it launch or, during the inauguration? Yeah, probably. It would be like the counter-programming and it would be an <laughs> anti-president situation for sure. Uh, but yeah, we, we just want to thank you, first of all, for your continued support and kindness uh, if you want to support the show, go over to patreon.com slash muckrake podcast. Uh, tons of extra content lately. Uh, God knows we're probably going to be offering more in the very, very near future. Uh, again, we might do an emergency podcast coming up. Let's hope nothing bad happens. Let's hope it's uh, celebratory. If you need Nick, first of all, let the man rest. Let me let rest, him, please. Let him, let, him, let him drink some fluids. Matzo let him soup. get some shut eye. I don't know about you, man. I need to catch up on some sleep. Yeah, uh, yeah. I need to get rested. I need to get rested. But if you do need him, you can find him over at Can You Hear Me SMH. You can find me at JY Sexton. My God, everyone, what a time. Stay safe. Stay safe.